Welcome to Sportfire, the sports comedy podcast that's very interested in the mechanics of a horse drug test. I'm your host, Adam Weinrib, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the discount cheating horse travel app Medina Spirit Airlines, and the LeBron James play-in game loss excuse generator. Big show today, I talked to U.S. soccer superstar Brandy Chastain. But first, let's take a quicker-than-usual trip through the headlines. Yes, Kentucky Derby winner Medina Spirit has tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Surprisingly, it was human tranquilizer. As a result, famed trainer Bob Baffert was suspended from Churchill Downs, a black mark on his long resume of exploiting animals for sport. Baffert appealed, but Churchill Downs executives voted nay. Baffert called it a bitter sugar cube to swallow. I can do this all day. Baffert took to Fox News Monday to claim his ban is an example of cancel culture, and he's right, considering cancel culture now means being punished for doing stuff. This is Baffert's second excuse, as he insinuated Sunday that his horse took the drugs itself by licking coked-up hay, and Donald Trump called the thoroughbred some kind of horse junkie. Huh. I guess that was a booger sugar cube? Of course, it turned out the steroid was found in an antifungal cream that was applied to the horse's backside, so one day later, Baffert walked it all back. Well, I'll be a horse's ass, said cancel culture. Tim Tebow returned to the NFL this week as the Jacksonville Jaguars signed the former Mets outfielder and converted him to tight end. Tebow's expected to help the team's locker room by uprooting it and airlifting it to the Philippines. Boom, new church. Man, this could be the greatest resurrection since Gene Smart. Gene Smart. She's got two new HBO shows after years of inactivity. What? <laughs> what do you think I was going to say? Crichton? Michael Crichton? Pre-Jurassic Park? <laughs> no. I wasn't going to say that. Very successful author throughout. Oh, you thought I was going to say Jesus. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Of course, Jacksonville probably should have added Tebow, a local hero, nearly a decade ago when he was traded to the Jets. Wait, you can correct your mistakes from 2012, said Urban Meyer, who then quickly called the police with some hot tips on Aaron Hernandez. And the NFL schedule was partially released live on Fox and Friends this week. Make sure to tune in to Tucker Carlson to learn whether the schedule deserved to be released or whether the jury was polluted by wokeness. One last bit of breaking news. This episode of Sportfire is brought to you by the fine folks at Manscaped. Folks, this is a pubic service announcement, and every time those words are written for me to say, I'm obviously going to say them. The news you've all been waiting for, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. That's 4.0, an upgrade on 3.0. It was released only moments ago. Well, it's been a couple moments since those moments, so it's been more than a few moments, but we are one of the first to get our hands on it and share the news. Grandma, bring the kids over to the old-timey radio. Pops, take your earplugs out. You're going to want to listen to this. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. Uh, we're blown away by this product, an advanced ceramic blade, skin-safe technology. It almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure your testes are as safe as possible. Elon Musk, I'm 
not familiar with that person. Is that Uli's producer, Ragnarok, from the Uli show on SNL? I think it's that guy. I'm not sure. Uh, you've got a 4000K LED spotlight on this thing. You can turn it on and off when you need it for a more precise shave. we got a new multifunction on-off switch. Can engage a travel lock if you like to travel and also bring your Manscaped products. Wow, there has never been a more perfect solution. An additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. That's adjustable. If you're interested, you can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free worldwide shipping. Go to manscaped.com and enter the code FANSIDED20. Coming up, my interview with 1999 World Cup champion, game-winning goal scorer, and two-time Olympic gold medalist, Randy Chastain. Please enjoy. I was giddy throughout. I said, awesome, in response to every question. And you know why? Because it was awesome to talk to her. Check it out. Let's do this. Lock it in. Love right it. on. Love right that on. energy. Um, <laughs> great. So, yeah, before I get into uh, the nitty-gritty of your amazing career, um, I'd love to know more about the new environmentally friendly sanitizing products that you've partnered with. Yes. So Save the World. So a friend of mine, Marcy Weiss, uh, who we worked together on something else, said, hey, I've got an idea. I I've got a situation that I, I want you to be involved with. And um, I think it aligns with the things that I've noticed about you and the things that you... Um, uh, believe in. And I said, okay, well tell me. And she, she spoke of the aqueous ozone bottle spray bottle and the mask. And, you know, for me, I've been in sports my whole life. And, you know, when I think, when people ask me about my career and, you know, what did it mean and what does it mean to you now? And what's the legacy that you hope to leave? This started kind of getting into my head, right. Uh, about, making choices like working with Marcy with save the world, uh, representing something that is a do no harm, um, embrace doing good things, you know, making good choices, how, you know, gosh, we all have a, a voice and we can all make a difference. And if the majority of us are making good choices, then good outcomes could happen. So, you know, that, that, that along with things like, you know, brain donation for concussion, um, uh, research, right? It, it falls in line with that for me. If I can make the space healthier, safer, uh, you know, we can elongate uh, the livelihood in sports or on this planet, then shouldn't we all choose that? Like that, that to me is how I came to decide um, to work with Save the World. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, my one person can get spark some kind of action from somebody else and if it does then they can then have that same kind of ripple effect in an outward way amazing i mean obviously no better time than the present to talk about <laughs> public health initiatives like yeah. this but you know the the issues the top of mind stuff like concussions that you you bring up is um hard to reckon with while we watch sports on a daily basis so it's it's awesome to hear that that's where you've chosen to get involved and i think obviously more people should sort of be aware of those repercussions when watching sports well, you know, as a parent, I'm a parent, I'm a grandparent, I'm a coach, uh, I'm, I'm an ambassador for women's soccer and all of women's sports. You know, for me, the, the greatest events of my life, minus the birth of my son and my granddaughters and my wedding, um, are the things that I've been able to experience on the field. And those things were only possible because I was in safe, 
supportive environments that encouraged me to do great things and to, and to have fun and to participate and to fall down on your ass, flat on your ass and just get up and do it again and give it a try. And, you know, you're not going to be perfect. And, and so, you know, I want to, I, I like getting behind those things. You know, I, I work with Mojo, which is an app for kids, youth sports and getting, you know, that kind of 13 years old and under recreational coaches to have a resource to, you know, give, to give good support to these kids in environments that maybe they don't have um, access to, or to educate a parent on how to be the coach that they never had uh, and how they can make a difference. So um, save the world is no different for me. It's, you know, it's me doing a small part uh, and hopefully we'll be making a big impact. Amazing. Um, now speaking on the flip side of falling on your ass, I love asking people <laughs> about things I can never do, which is why I have to focus on your Olympic medals and, and your victories. There is no sport I am worse at than soccer. And so like there will, you will never be talking to someone with a bigger disparity between skill levels ever about this, but um, you, your international career really started at the 96 Olympics. Um, I mean, it's your first gold medal, right? It was the first gold medal, but we were world champions in 1991. Yes. I meant in terms of your Olympic experience. Correct. Uh, yes. 96. Apologies. Well, it was the first time soccer was in the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that not that long ago, women's soccer did not exist in the Olympic games. 25 years to be exact. Yes. And now it's like the U S women's team is so, mm -hmm. so dominant. It's hard to believe that Atlanta was the first iteration of, of U S women's soccer in the Olympics was obviously you train heavily leading up to that event and you've been in world championships and the like before, but when you arrive in Atlanta, is there something <laughs> different about the Olympics? Like, did it hit you when you arrived or because it's in our country, is it sort of like old hat? No, I I'm, I'm chuckling because the Olympics is something I grew up watching you know, as a, as a young girl, I was always drawn to sports and it didn't matter what sport it was. It was it playing street football, you know, whether it was stickball, it was climbing trees. It was, I mean, skateboarding, you know, I, if, if there was a ball, there was running, there was, you know, competitiveness, I was doing it. Um, so when, when you asked, you know, what was it like when you get to Atlanta you know, first, I think we went through so many amazing moments, you know, getting your one, making the team a huge accomplishment um, Two, now you're signing up for you have to get all your sizes of all the things that you're going to wear, your opening ceremonies, your uniforms, your everything. And so then, you know, soccer is a unique sport for the Olympics because it uses many venues. So you we've never stayed in the Olympic village. So then to go to the Olympic village for the first time to get all of your gear and to, you know, to see the other athletes was like this mind blowing experience. I mean, it was so surreal and so incredible. And on the, you know, as the first time Olympian, you know, you kind of feel like the freshman on high school campus is basically what you feel like, like you're looking at everybody else, like you're looking at and they're looking at you the same way. You don't know that, but you know, these are the best in the world. So much different than the world cup because world cup is strictly for soccer. You know, there is such a, a beautiful um, part to being in the world cup that doesn't exist in the Olympics, right? It's solely your sport, but the Olympics, everybody knows around the world that, that nobody has to explain what the Olympics are. And so 
it was quite remarkable to step onto the Olympic Village for the first time, to go to the dining commons, to meet your USA teammates from other sports, and then to walk in the opening ceremonies in the most, I know, well-intended, beautiful outfits, but not maybe so beautiful <laughs> outfits for the opening ceremonies. <laughs> but, you know, it was, uh, gosh, that was one, that's a, one of my key takeaways of we've, we've really arrived, um, in this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, then you, you take that momentum from the 96 games to the women's world cup in 99, of course, um, the day of sort of the iconic finals victory, obviously I'm sure it's, it's all sort of a blur, like from preparation into championship into celebration, but is there anything that stands out from the day of the final prior to kickoff like earlier that day do you, do you remember that at all yeah 100 um you would never forget that uh you know our team loved each other so much we were we were so connected to what the objective was and how and our special unique qualities and how we were going to um, contribute to the outcome whether that be in warm-up, whether that be as a sub, whether that be as a starter, whether, you know, that was a, as a coach, you know, we had, we had practiced this for a long time, right. From 96. And so we were just enjoying the heck out of this whole, the whole thing, just from the first day in, in at the Meadowlands in New Jersey, you know, the bus ride up, we got caught in traffic. We were wondering what the hell's going on. We've got a police escort and still we're in traffic. And then, the we realized, and then we realized, oh my God, they're coming to the World Cup. Like we honestly were hopeful, but quite naive about what really was about to happen. And so by the time we got to the final, I think the ride to, you know, the hotel was a buzz before everybody spray painting their hair and painting their fingernails. And it was like a big teenage slumber party, to be honest with you. <laughs> and then we, you know, we got on to the bus and the ride to the Rose Bowl. It's such a magnificent stadium. I mean, it, it's, it's so synonymous with America and, you know, this, this pride that goes along with representing your country and your team. And we got there and then the game before us was tied. So I don't know if you know this or not, but we didn't get onto the field for warmups. We had to run in the tunnel, run in the, in the locker room in a circle. We never put our cleats on until right before we went out. And, you know, here you are in the most important game of your life and it's not going how you wanted it to go, like, or how you thought it would. And this was the magic of this team. It didn't matter. Yeah, make best, make the best do. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We just said, well, we got to run up and down the tunnel. Fine. We got to kick the ball against the wall. No problem. We're going to turn the music up. We're going to have a dance party in the locker room. And we're just going to, we're going to enjoy the hell out of this. And that's what we did. Yeah. I mean, that's what champions do. You're prepared to, for victory, no matter what yeah. precedes it. Um, and then obviously in the aftermath of that game, America goes crazy. You know, <laughs> you're sort of on the talk show circuit. Um, was there a moment looking back from the aftermath of that win where now you kind of reflect on it and go, I cannot believe I was on that show or I can't believe I met that person. Like, does anything stand out now? All of it. Or the uh, David, thing? Yeah. David, David Letterman. Uh, I mean, as a big fan of his in college, I remember watching his show in my college dorm with, you know, that was like the one hour we would give up away from, well, I would say I probably gave up more hours than that to, um, 
soccer or fooling around than I did do my homework. But, um, you know, watching the David Letterman show was something that I did quite religiously. And then for our team to, you know, go to the show prior to winning the World Cup and then after winning the World Cup. But I think what I really, what really hit me in my heart was the awareness of the male sport, professional sports environment that witnessed what we did and their respect. You know, like, I'll never forget Tino Martinez played for the Yankees, right? And oh, yeah. I, I'm a New Yorker. You don't have okay, to tell me twice go. about him. So, yeah. you know, I, I, we went to New York after the World Cup was over and somehow we, I don't know if it was accidental or intentional, but I just remember all of a sudden we were meeting each other, you know, a group of us and he was just so like complimentary. And I literally embarrassingly, but not, you know, what do you do? You just, you, you don't know the emotions you're going to have in these moments quite like the celebration. I just started crying. Like, you know, because these are people that I watched on television that I admired their, you know, their strength and their um, skill and their precision. And now they're saying the same thing about us. That meant a lot. So I think, you know, those environments where there was recognition of women's soccer and really just made me just overwhelmed. Amazing. That's, yeah. that's so cool. I, yeah, yeah, I never would have. I mean, obviously I never would have known that, but I'm so glad that you shared that. That's, that's amazing. Um, and we still have... talk to this day, Tino and I. Really? Yeah. You want to know something funny? I mean, not that funny, but he's, he's a hero of mine. I'm, I grew up a Yankee fan. And last year, last fall, uh, on September 11th, 2019, I was sitting in a bar in New York City and he was sitting at the bar stool next to me. So I tapped him on the shoulder. I bought him around. I said the same thing. I said, you were my hero growing up and all that stuff. That's that's so funny that you say that. <laughs> yeah, he's a good one. Unbelievable. Um, do you do you still have your uniform from that day or is it in a museum somewhere? It's right right there. That's it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right Dang. There. Glad I asked too. I was, I thought it might be, but you know, sometimes you gotta, sometimes yeah, you gotta you verbalize it. You never so know. Funny. Um, so obviously since then the U S women's national team continues to succeed internationally, every world cup. Um, and the men's team lags a bit behind. Now, do you think there is a future where the famed pay gap finally does begin to close? Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to say that more emphatically. Yes, mm -hmm. I believe mm -hmm. it. It will. And I think it's happening now. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I honestly, you know, this is a conversation that has been going on for longer than 25 years, 30 years. Billy, let's go back to Billie Jean King, you know, one of our great mentors for the women's national team. You know, she told Julie Foudy many times over many meetings, you have to stand up and you have to be willing to give up the opportunity to play in these big arenas to make a statement. And we've done that. And we continue to do that as, you know, female athletes with the U.S. Women's National Team and beyond, you know, U.S. Uh, women's ice hockey, same thing. So there's been many times when women in the WNBA, ice hockey, soccer, the like, has stood up to say, it's not good enough. This is, this is absolutely not acceptable anymore. And the thing about technology, which... I, you know, I sometimes go back and forth on, is it a, is it a, 
Is it a benefit or is it a deterrent? Uh, I think in, in terms of getting information out and exposing things, it's beneficial, right? Because now there's no one who could say, well, I didn't know. It, it's just not possible anymore. You know, if something is good is out there, you're going to know. If something bad is out there, you're going to know. So we, we can't, nobody can stay quiet anymore about pay equity and the gap that exists and they can't get away with it, which is, we shouldn't have to have this conversation, right? We're all humans. You know, if I do the same job as you, it, we might negotiate a little bit differently and maybe we have a slight disparity, but a huge one, no, not anymore. And I, I guarantee you'll negotiate better than me. That's also another <laughs> skill that I, I lack to be, to be perfectly clear. Okay, then start learning how to play poker and mm -hmm. chess. If you play those two things, you're going to negotiate just fine for yourself. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> now, I'll wrap with this. In a similar vein, I mean, especially I'm in New York, you do see, uh, you know, a bit of a resurgence in interest in the WNBA, specifically uh, the Liberty. I'm in Brooklyn. They're, you know, moving down the street to Barclays Center and they've sort of done a big relaunch and rebrand. Um, I feel like in the years since the most recent Women's World Cup, there is sort of you see a similar start of a rise from the National Women's Soccer League that's sort of making a similar leap. Do you think there's sort of another level to go there where, you know, that league and the WNBA can maybe continue to grow together? It's a good question because I, I think there's a lot of people who feel that they don't need to grow together, right? They can be mm -hmm. complementary, but they don't need to, you know, one doesn't, because I say that only because I think there's this mindset old school mindset where, you know, men's sports is carrying women's sports, mm -hmm. right? And that's kind of the feeling I think for some people, for me, I always said from the beginning, look, it's soccer. It's not men's soccer. It's not women's soccer. It's soccer. We want soccer to do well in this country, right? So we shouldn't be fighting ourselves. We should be fighting together, right? To promote the game. So I feel the same way. Like it's not men's basketball. It's not women's basketball. It's, it's basketball. You know, first I want to give a shout out to Steve Nash, my Santa Clara alumni brother there. I was going to ask, I was yeah. going to ask and I wondered if, yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So I'm, you know, as much as I am a Warriors fan and um, one of our, my favorite players in Kevin Durant is now in Brooklyn. I, I'm still, you know, respecting his game and I want them to do well, but Damn, I wish he hadn't gone, but oh well. Anyway, um, so anyway, you know, to, to be honest with you, I don't feel like we are competitors to each other. I, I think, you know, we feel at times we're competitors because we need sponsors and we want television time and we want rights and we want. And so, the, yeah, there is negotiation on those things, but I don't think for the benefit of one, another should be pushed down. Like, I think we can exist and actually coexist in a way that we can really support each other. And I think through that, we grow a more, dare I say this word, a wholesome environment for sports and for young people looking up to sports and, you know, the opportunity to what sports allow us to do. Like we're having a conversation at the beginning of, about saving the world, right? The, the aqueous ozone bottle that's, you know, is going to take the place of all the chemicals you're using in your apartment there in New York city. I take it on the plane. I take it into, you know, an Uber car. I take it when I go to the soccer field, like, you know, the, I want to, I want to promote good things. I'm not going to, I'm not going to promote myself 
in, you know, and push somebody else down. That doesn't make me look good. That doesn't make me better. Um, so for me, I love all sports. I want women's sports to rise. I want men's sports to rise. Um, I, I want the men's national team to do the best possible that they can because it only helps soccer. So that's where I feel like that's where my head is. That's where my heart is. That's where I, how I feel about sports in general. And I, I, you know, I hope I'm just moving in the right direction. I certainly look forward to the concurrent rise to Brandy Chastain. Thank you so much for your time. This is so awesome. You're more than welcome. And hopefully we'll meet at the baseball field sometime soon, or we'll meet at a bar somewhere when Tino will be there. One of the two. I will, I will do either that. I mean, if you can get tickets from Steve Nash, I mean, I am right down the street. So that would okay, be listen, helpful. listen, I have friends that live in Brooklyn and live in Manhattan and we've started, they've started a new platform called women in soccer. So if you don't mind, I'm going to do a uh, a, a plug here. Don't mind at all. Uh, we are going, we have a platform for anybody who's been in soccer on any level. Uh, they want to support women's soccer. They want to encourage um, uh, the players that they've supported or th that they've coached. Uh, it can be men or women. Um, we have a monthly Brandy's Corner chat. Uh, this upcoming week, we're going to be speaking with five female journalists. Christine Brennan being the headliner who has been doing and covering women's sports for three decades. And, you know, we want to get to the stories. What's interesting? What can't, what haven't we talked about? What are we going to be talking about? How are we changing the game? And what do we see in the future? And these women are going to talk about that. And we'd love to have any of your followers join us. So get a player card on women in, in uh, women in soccer and uh, come join our party. Amazing. That's, that's awesome. I'll, I can't wait to check that out too. Um, Excellent. So much, so much good stuff. Thank you, Brandy. <laughs> You're welcome. Man, Brandy Chastain, everybody. Why did I say lock it in right at the top of that? Have all of you been preoccupied with that for the last 20 minutes? Where did I get the hubris? I don't know. It was a cool moment. A childhood dream come true because of Brandy and also because of my proximity to Tino Martinez, I guess. Make sure to follow the Women in Soccer YouTube channel and stay tuned for monthly installments of Brandy's Corner with more amazing guests. And now, my final flame. Growing up in a small town, we had a saying my dad invented. If you don't have something nice to say about someone, don't say anything at all. I wish Tim Tebow's critics had grown up in the same town as me because they could really use a phrase like that in their vocabularies. Dating back to his days at Florida, Tebow has simply been a winner. And I should know. My ex-wife rightly branded me in court as a quote, loser till the end. Some people have it and some people don't. Being me is a tough road to drive on. But Tebow has always had that indefinable it quality from his national championships with the Gators, to his miracle first year in Denver, to footage not found, and now to today, his new beginning with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can Tebow quote-unquote make it as a tight end in today's NFL? I don't quote-unquote know. He certainly has the frame for blocking, the familiarity with Urban Meyer's system, and he's also famous, meaning he'll get triple the chances as a similarly qualified random when camp opens. But you can't measure Tebow's heart except during his intake physical, when you specifically have to measure that. What separates someone like Tebow from, say, someone like me? We both want the world to be a better place, and we both have similar chins, but the one thing you can't teach? 
his chin is special, even though it looks exactly like mine, in every way. Maybe it's time I taught you another saying my dad invented. You'll never be able to do a pull-up, Kenneth. Your arm snapped at birth and we forgot to fix it. Quote, unquote. My thanks to Brandy Chastain. See you next Thursday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.